0: Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Wayne.
1: My name is Chris. This is Dale.
0: I'm Laura. And I'm Zylo. This is quite the lineup we have this time. A lot of people that we haven't heard voices from in quite a while. And who's Zylo?
2: Yeah. Who are you, Xylo?
0: Yes. Who is the man known as
1: Xylo? I'm a man who goes by many names, including Xylo. But uh, I am Zylo. I've been listening to the show for years. And I'm the guy who started the Fear the Boot Discord,
0: which was a fan Discord, and then became the real one. What we're going to be talking about in this bonus episode is running an online convention. And there would be no Fear the Con line if it wasn't for Xylo. A couple of years ago, we were going to run Fear the Con, and we didn't run it that year. And Xylo stepped up, created a online convention called Fear the Con line, ran it off of the Discord that also wouldn't exist without Xylo. And it took off pretty well, it seems like. So this year, with COVID going on, we had to cancel Fear the Con. And we've talked about that a few times, but that was really a rough... I don't even want to call it a decision, because we had no choice. But it was really difficult on me going out and telling people that we had to cancel it. And we wanted to do an online convention so we could still kind of get together and talk with people. So naturally, here comes Zylo. So, Zylo, before we get into the actual bonus topic... Tell us a little bit about uh, your gaming history, what you've done with gaming online, and what made you decide to try to run an online convention the first time?
1: Oh, gosh, there's a lot of questions. So my brief gaming history is I've been gaming since my freshman year of high school, uh, which is also the same year I discovered through the Boot. And I played for about that year, and then I immediately became a GM and never went back. As for why I started Online Con a few years back, probably more than a few, more like seven, do you know the podcast Monkey Lost Their Jetpack or something like that? I have, that not
3: heard, no, I have not heard of that one. No. No, it was an RPG,
1: was an RPG podcast that uh, Zercher from the forums introduced me to, and they had an online con. That was my first one. It was called Monkey Con, And that ran for two years, and that was a blast. And that's what gave me the idea to run one for the Fear the Boot community was that experience.
0: So I know you use Con Planner just like we use for the regular convention when you ran it. Tell us how basically how you organized it, how it all went that first year, because I wasn't a part of it. And the big reason I wasn't a part of it was I was traveling at the time for work. So I was in Arizona at the time when it was going on.
1: I mean, the first year it was organized by, well, we use Con Planner to uh, set up the games and the slots. And then on the Discord, we had a basic chat room for people, an announcement room we had some rooms for some of the games. I believe that uh, there was way less games than there were this year, so I literally just had the only games that were running in the slots, and I just changed them out as they came and went.
0: Yeah, this year we ended up having about 60 people total that were participating, according to active participants in Com Planner. Some of them were on Discord, some of them were on Zoom. There were a lot of other tools that were kind of being used for the voice thing, but Com Planner at least showed that many people that were active and i know when i look through on the different slots there were always people that were on the discord channels
1: yeah i heard there was a few people who just dropped in too so they might not
0: even have shown up in the con planner so i think everyone on here ran at least one game right that is correct oh I,
3: i personally ran two but yes i believe we all did
2: i ran two i think i'm the only one who only ran one i only ran one okay Apparently, English is hard for me today, so sorry.
1: <laughs> Words. Words. English is hard. Slackers, I ran four.
2: <laughs> hey, it was my first time running like an online game and a first time running a con game, so I, I have to say I think my one was just fine.
0: <laughs> All right, you get a, you get a pass. Okay. It was actually the same for me. It was my first time ever running an online game, and I was more nervous about the online game than running for on you know, online con because i've run a lot of con games but i had never run online and i was i had a lot of nervousness going into that i was terrified of running a con game
2: let me ask you was
3: it terror just from the fact that ham hey, running event for a bunch of strangers or relative strangers or was it the fact that it was online that made it more scary
2: online was not the uh, the scary part for me honestly like i haven't run stuff solely online before i guess like the group that i run for we were meeting in person and then covid happened but the con part was definitely the terrifying part for me because i know how my friends react i know how the people like game with game but
0: random strangers i remember that from the first time i ran a con game but you know for me it was the online part i'm the type person i'm a a hand talker as I talk, my hands are moving around. I'm doing facial expressions. I learned from, uh, actually from you, Chris, I like to sometimes stand up and just move around a little bit because it really adds to something, especially in a con game. Oh, yeah. and a very animated GM Exactly. And I'm also feeding on what everyone else is at the table. You know, if someone's laughing or if someone's smiling, I'm getting something out of that, and it's helping keep me energized. And I was really worried with an online game that I wasn't going to get any of that.
3: That's been the hardest part for me running games online since either, you know, moving or COVID. And then, of course, now with the, with the con is all of those things that you mentioned, because, yeah, very animated. You know, I my two events that I ran were back to back. So I got to stand up only to just basically, you know, <laughs> stretch my legs doesn't matter what the event is that I run. I usually will at least stand at least twice, especially if we get into a combat. It just makes things flow a lot faster for me. Well, I can't do that when I'm running online because I also want to keep connection with the camera. And that's the other thing, too, going off what you said, Wayne. The video helped a lot. You know, in one game I used Roll20 and was able to see people. And then the other one I had, I was able to use uh, the Discord video, which worked very well. And I was very happy with that. but. Part of the problem is is that I can't make eye contact with people. I can look at them down in like wherever I have my monitor window positioned uh, with all of their screens in there. But I'm not really looking at them because I'm not looking at the camera. That's what I have to do to make eye contact. So the only way I can make eye contact is to look into this inanimate object. And so that also makes it more difficult. And it has affected... The way in which I run the events in the positive sense, it's helped it because it's, it has
0: forced me to become a bit more descriptive. But, you know, it, it's a trade off. Yeah, you know, one thing I learned about the camera and all my setup is my setup basically that I use for work because I've been working from home since March and I've got a second monitor. And I like when gaming, I have all this stuff on the second monitor, notes and character sheets and things. And my camera is on the laptop itself. So if I have the people's videos up on the other screen, I'm looking at that. And then my camera shows the side of my face instead of face on.
2: Oh, see, I have a similar setup, but the video that I'm looking at is the only thing on my laptop screen. I'm like gesturing to my screens like you can see my hand. But the video is the only thing on my laptop screen. And then all my notes and all my other stuff is on my other monitor.
0: Yeah, that's something I've learned from this. And that's something I want to give out as advice is if you're like me, keep the video under the camera. Otherwise, you're not making eye contact. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's real hard to react to a GM when you're staring at the side of their face.
0: <laughs> as, get as much screen
3: real estate as you can. Having gone from running games online on a 17-inch laptop to now having two like twenty-two inch monitors, that, I mean the, the difference is you can't even describe how much better the situation is. Just that extra
0: real estate just makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, Dale, I know you run a lot of games online. What's your setup look like?
4: Yeah, I actually run two campaigns a week. I run one for my daughter and her cousins, and I run another one for you know my wife and uh, some adults. So every week i actually run them through the exact same adventure so i only have to prep once makes life easy but for the con itself i just have a couple of games that i run stock so i just ran those exact games so i actually had the prep all done ready for them i just had to review so that way it was fresh in my mind beforehand
0: I took a lot of lessons learned away from running this con. And uh, first of all, you always have Zylo as your partner in running it because he does a lot of work for it <laughs> and will make things really easy. I, I barely
1: did anything.
3: I don't know. I would call setting up, what, oh, like two dozen separate rooms and naming them properly because we all had friggin' weird-ass names for our events and the fact that you're able to make it something. And most of them were more characters than what Discord would allow, so the fact that you're able to get them all in there you know well done, much appreciated,
0: yeah, and especially having them early, so that was the first lessons learned out of it is people were asking for that opportunity to talk to people in their games ahead of time yeah con planner doesn't give that ability, but with Xylo uh, jumping ahead a day or so and building all of those channels, a lot of people started that conversation you know a day or two in advance, gave out character sheets, let them look through it.
3: Yeah. And, you know, and along with that, I mean, I guess weaving in and out of advice here for the events that I ran, I had pregens provided and one of them required a bit more investment on the player's standpoint. So shared Google Docs and Google folders made a huge difference, particularly for um, I ran a Deadlands event and I had to have all the players go into a document and answer a couple of questions and things. And so they're all in there filling this out before everything started. Having the ability for them to put it in a different color
0: so I could easily access it when I needed to, you know, that made a big difference. I went the shared Google Docs route as well. Uh, All my character sheets were in there. I had a PDF that was the crew of the spaceship so they could reference that if they needed. I didn't have to at the beginning of the session start saying who wants what character.
2: Right. There were already right.
0: two or three picked beforehand. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I did shared docs as well, um, but I also did have them set up in D&D Beyond, uh, since I know that some people, like myself, prefer that I playing a game. I like to be able to do it on the computer and like have it track properly instead of trying to figure out a PDF. So I actually had both offered...
3: It's funny, I kind of actually took the opposite approach because I tried to treat it like a physical convent as much as possible. So, and, and this is the other thing that Zylo did that I thought was just really, really well done is there's obviously the voice channel within Discord that you use to facilitate the actual game. But then there was a matching text channel Mm -hmm. where you could either post images or you could have some conversation beforehand or post links or whatever. When I was posting the links to mine, I took the approach of like, you know, go ahead and look over the characters, but please don't get attached to one right away because I'd like to have everybody there at the same time. So you can, you know, essentially, quote unquote, fight it out as you would in, in real time if you were doing this around the table.
0: While we're making Zyla's face glow red of embarrassment from talking about him and (laughs) gushing at him, I want to talk about the video he made. So we started talking about Fear the Con line months ago when we realized we had to cancel Fear the Con Mm -hmm. and started trying to come up with some artwork for it and figure out what the best way to communicate was. And communication is definitely something we're going to come back to because I'm looking for more advice on how to communicate some stuff better but Xylo took the time to put together this incredible video that's out there on YouTube and we'll link it in the show notes that Very not, good. yeah not only was it fun it was a fallout themed one it advertised and talked about the con but it went into what are some of the tools you know you could be expected okay. and we talked about it a little bit ahead of time do we want to standardize and say we'd like everyone to run in these tools roll 20 fantasy ground whatever and we came to the conclusion of, no, give everyone the freedom to run whatever they want. But we really want you to say in your game description what it is you expect. Because going back to what we were just talking about with this communication ahead of time, some of these tools need a little setup. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I know in yeah. the case of both Eric from Gamer's Table and Dale, you guys were using Fantasy Grounds with people that had never used it before. Oh, yeah. And you needed some prep time that... If you started at the beginning of the game, that would have eaten into the time. So yeah, it how did, did that go for you when you actually, were you able to get a hold of your players ahead of time?
4: Two different games. One, I was able to get a hold of my players beforehand and they had a full table. So I sent them all instructions on the exact link of where to download, how to install, you know, what to do during the install, the whole process, like really short email, but just walking everybody through to make life easy. and. Everybody for that game was on time. Yeah, Everybody had it, had everything installed perfect. It was ready to go uh, right on time. The other game, on the other hand, had one person signed up that time. So I didn't contact anyone figuring I'm going to probably have to cancel that game. But at the last minute, two people signed up. It's like, okay, three people. I can still run it. So I put all the information that morning into the Discord channel. And... Only one person had it ready to go. Another one had some issues. A third one showed up late, had to install it on their computer, found out that their computer was either too new or too old or some type of uh, age issue going on here, and it wouldn't run on there. So they actually had to go to a different part of their house and get a Windows tablet to install it there. So for like the first half hour of our game, we were just sitting there waiting for a guy to install the program. That did not exactly go
3: ideal. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I know, Dale, you're all about Fantasy Grounds, and I was in an event that you ran uh, once. It is very an enjoyable interface. Thank you. Um,
4: or, well, but it's not I, my you know, program, but yeah. Uh,
3: well, but I've got a Roll20 subscription, so I mm. use it. I like to try and use it, and I like the nice crunchy parts that can be there, and you can really do some cool things with it. But I decided, at least for me in this case, like I wanted to use that essentially just to display... Visual imagery. Here's the temple that you find yourself in. Here's an image of the town that you guys are in, that kind of thing. And also because I I could then also see them on camera as well. So I ended up using that for one event, but then much like you in my second event, there was some connection issues that one of the guys had. And so we're like, all right, well then let's all just let's just all get off roll twenty because I was using Discord for audio anyway. And so we went in and just shared the screen in Discord and it worked you know because i i kept things all like the combats all to theater of the mind just because i wanted to make it as easy for those folks as possible to get into what they were doing and hopefully it wasn't going to end up becoming a too complicated of a combat which you know for me none of them were so that worked out all right the temptation to use like the really crunchy stuff can be with the online things tools can be there and it can be fun if everybody is familiar with it
2: I went for simplicity. I honestly had never used Roll20 or any of the other uh, like virtual tabletops before. And I'm very much a theater of the mind person. You know, I have Wayne and, and Chad mostly to thank for that. But that's what I'm used to, so that's what I run. And so I used Zoom for my video and audio. Uh, we didn't really use our Discord audio channel, voice channel, what have you. Um, we used Zoom, and it worked quite well, um, although apparently... Some people were displeased with the video portion and thought they couldn't play if they didn't have video, even though I specified it was optional. But I went for simplicity. I figured people would be more likely to play if they didn't have to try to navigate an unfamiliar tool.
0: So one thing I learned out of setting it up was that I boosted the server so we'd have better audio quality. I didn't realize until setting up this channel for us to record that that's actually a setting in the channel once it's boosted. It's not on by default. So I boosted the quality and we didn't take advantage of it in any way. So that was a lesson learned. No. Ooh. <laughs> it's okay. We got an animated <laughs> server icon. At least That's one true. person noticed it.
2: Uh, the I animated noticed. icon was pretty awesome.
0: I know I was on one game that was a Roll20. I don't remember if he was using just Roll20 or using the Discord for voice. But yeah, there were definitely a lot of them out there. I know Zoom was used quite a bit. I'm a big fan of Zoom. I do a lot of games with Eric, and Eric uses Zoom pretty heavily.
2: I'm just so, like, I've been using it for work. I used it even before the pandemic hit, and now that, you know, we're all stuck at home, I've been using it pretty much exclusively for any time I want, any sort of FaceTime with anyone. When I'm in at home in St. Louis, and I game with people up here in Minnesota, it's done exclusively over Zoom. So it was very easy and very natural for me to just be like, here's my Zoom link, like, let's hop in, it's fine. You can do like pictures and screen sharing and stuff through that.
0: I say someone was mentioning uh, technical difficulties and that was something during my game. There was at least one person that uh, disconnected and was having technical difficulties and I wasn't using video. So I didn't necessarily know when someone was having a technical difficulty. That was something I struggled with because when I'm at a table, I look at someone, if they're having technical difficulty, usually means they've run to the bathroom. And I know that, (laughs) but I don't necessarily know that online. Their D20 crashed.
3: (laughs) I had one as well in my second event, definitely all on their end, and it corrected itself when he went and plugged in an Ethernet cable. You know, after the fact rather than just using his Wi-Fi for the connection. After he did that, his uh his connection and everything was rock
0: solid at that point. Which is something I think, you know, on the player's end is something worth considering. If I had that option, I I would have too. I mean, I like being wired in when I can. My setup isn't anywhere near the cables.
3: So for those of you who have run con events around a table before, or even just other types of one shots elsewhere, then it doesn't have to necessarily be a con. How did it feel for you, you know, in comparison? I mean, I know there's some obvious differences that, there, that there's going to be there, which we've covered a little bit. But the overall feel of it, because to me, both of the events I ran still ultimately felt like a con event, which is that, and I mean that in a very good way, that that was a good thing that they felt that way. And so I'm, I'm just real curious if, you know, did you feel any, you know, odd disconnect or did it still have a bit of a, of a con feeling to it all?
4: To me, it felt like a con in a lot of senses, but a heck of a lot better in a whole lot of others. It, It felt just like a normal con game in that, you know, everybody came to the table, everybody played a game that they were really interested in playing. But at the same time, it also was nice in that I didn't have... 30 other tables around me of people trying to all talk and be heard at the same time. I didn't have that distraction there. So that was nice.
3: Yeah. Your voice actually lasted until the end of the con basically is what you're saying. Not trying to oh. compete with
4: the other table. Yeah. <laughs> you're not oh, yeah.
0: screaming. Yeah,
4: exactly.
0: That's actually another difference I noticed between a live con and an online con at a live con. Everyone seems to fill up every game slot. And go to every game because you're taking time out to go to that. Being an online con, you're at your house. People were doing a lot more of picking and choosing, and like I only did two events. And if this would have been a live con, I would have filled up and done at least five, if not six events.
3: I didn't choose to play in any. I, I guess I kind of took a, a very a similar attitude to what I do when I go to physically fear the con, where I try and run as many as possible. Um, You know, and in this case, it just happened to be two just because my Friday was actually more busy than anything else. One thing that was kind of nice that I think helped this feel like Fear the Con was uh, that there were two things. One was after the fact, for those of you who have gone to Fear the Cons uh, in the past on the forums, which, you know, are still around. Go join the forums if you haven't or go check them out if you haven't. But there was always a post-con thread where people would identify themselves because there's so many people there with different usernames as opposed to their actual names. You would say, I am the I was the person at this table who did this. I was the person at this table who did this and so on and so forth. You know, There was be page after page of these people identifying themselves and giving shout outs to their GMs or whatever. And there was a similar thing that happened in the chat room after that here. And I had popped in there at one point and was reading through some of that. And it was a nice callback to those early days of Fear the Con and then after Fear the Con when that stuff would happen. So that was very cool. The second thing was Mikey Mason jumping in and doing a special Fear the Con quote unquote wing night show on that Thursday before the con started, which has also become a bit of a tradition, which was fun to watch and it made the whole thing feel more like an actual community based event, which, you know, Fear the Con has always kind of been.
0: Yeah, I want to touch on that one a little bit. Mikey performing is always great. Love his performing. If you were actually on the show, though, in the Twitch channel, you know, in the chat, all of us were chatting and talking. And that's one of the things that Mikey's show does as the wing night before the con is bring everyone together, get everyone talking, and you're able to start getting to know people. And I saw some of that back and forth going in the chat, and it really felt like a Fear the Con show. Just because people were talking,
3: it was, and he and it was nice, and it was interactive too. Because I know that he called you out specifically a couple times, Wayne, and you know, so which is things that he does when he does the live show. If you're the con. so, yeah, it did that helped a lot.
2: That was actually one of the things that I missed about going to a physical con was the social aspect of it because I am. I'm me and I'm a butterfly (laughs) Um, and I love being around people and feeling, you know, the energy in the room. And and so a big part of con for me is wandering around usually with Adam and seeing all of the people stopping him and talking to him and getting to meet people. And there was a distinct lack of that for me, partly because, you know, I was in a couple of games, but then we didn't, participate in any of the games on Saturday because Adam and Beth were were doing their hand fasting that day. So we weren't online at all. But I, I definitely missed the social aspect. I don't know if there was like a general con voice channel, because I wasn't paying attention. But I would have liked to have gotten to talk to people more just in like a casual setting, I guess.
0: I found some of that happening after some of the games. But Those were kind of the later games when people didn't have another game immediately bumping up against it. And there was a lot of chat in the text rooms and things. But definitely for me, if I'm comparing it to a physical con, I would definitely choose a physical Fear the Con over a virtual one.
2: Absolutely, hands down.
0: Because there are some things that you just miss with virtual. There were some nice things about virtual, though, that I did learn to really like during this con. And I, the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'd like to make fear the con line become an annual event as well. Maybe offset from when fear the con is. So we don't have the two of them competing with each other.
4: Something like say six months apart from each other.
0: Yeah. And just make it an unbirthday sort of thing. Yeah. This con was a lot of people's first time running an online game. And it was some people's first time playing an online game. So I really think if we continue this going year after year, we're going to get more people involved. One of the things that I found that I liked about the online aspect, you guys know, I like to do note cards and mm-hmm. passing things over and what we call the real yeah. game. And yeah, you do. So, <laughs> <laughs> so in my game, I started that through PMs and then the players started doing it back and forth. And I'm going to call in Zylo to talk about that in a minute. Cause I was in my game and At the table, when someone, when a player passes a note card to another player, everyone sees it and they know what's going on. In an online environment, a player sends a DM or a PM to another player, no one else knows. No one knows that I've sent one to a player unless I say it. And no one knows that a player sent one to me as the GM unless I say it. So, what do you think about that, Xylex? I haven't seen that happen before.
1: Yeah, as a player in your game, uh, it was pretty insane. The downside to it was I wasn't listening to half the time because I was too busy messaging back everyone who was secretly messaging me because <laughs> we had so many secrets. Um, fantastic. <laughs> and I'm probably the worst way to ask because I had one of the biggest secrets, I think. So I knew what was going on and everyone else was confused about the things that were happening. But uh, no, it was a joy to behold to just watch all these little secret plots play out. And for other players to be surprised and then immediately start messaging me about what just happened because they didn't know. And uh, that was it was really cool. Falling back to uh, one thing about the online con and making it feel homey. uh, I know at least one person at the con said that they really enjoyed having the rooms as they were. Because even though there wasn't the social aspect, they didn't actually physically walk into a room and see all the other players. Just having those little channels for each table with the players icon showing gave them that feeling of being in a con room and just seeing everyone at their tables. And it also allowed them to quickly just jump
0: in and see
1: if there was any room,
0: which I heard was a big advantage. I noticed a lot of that because I did it, but I saw other people talking about it, going through the text channels for the games and just popping in and seeing what was being talked about. And it's like, you're not part of the game. You don't see what's going on in the game, but it makes it feel a little more like it's a whole group of people that are gaming you know, in one place instead of just my table.
2: Yeah, apparently Chad was lurking like hell all all weekend.
3: (laughs) What, just like spying on games or was he trying to jump in?
2: (laughs) No, he messaged me actually after my game because he knew I had been super nervous about it and like complimented me on a good game. And I was like, what? You
0: weren't
2: weren't in my game. He's like, oh, no, I was just lurking and I was reading your chat channel and I saw people telling you, you know, how how great a time they had. And I'm like, well, okay, that's a little creepy, but thanks, Chad.
0: So there was so much debate ahead of time on how long should the game slots be? Oh, yeah. yeah. And So we talked about, I know last year, Fear the Con line had shorter game slots than the actual Fear the Con did. And when we talked to everyone, there seemed to be a large consensus that people wanted shorter time slots for online. So I put that to a vote on the Patreon because I'm trying to do more and more things with the Patreon to let our Patreon backers have an impact on things that we're doing. It was a close vote, and it came out to the three-hour slots. My personal opinion as we went into the con, the three-hour slots were a mistake. We needed more time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Four Mm -hmm.
4: hours, really, especially whenever you're talking technical difficulties and people using programs that they're not entirely familiar with and possibly installing while, you know, the game is going on.
2: But, I mean, even beyond that, even if the game runs perfectly and you have no technical issues whatsoever, you're not in person and it takes people longer to react and respond. Like, you're not there looking somebody in the face saying, hey, Wayne, I need you to do this. It's a, hey are we paying attention? Like I need you to look <laughs> at me and I need, it's like hurting cats.
3: There's the, no, no, you go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. No, no, no. Right. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yo, yo, yo. Yeah. yeah.
2: Very much that. And to be fair, the, the people who were in my game were wonderful and I loved my players and we had a, a great time, but you have to take into account that people are going to respond slower or there's going to be the back and forth. No, you go, no, you go. When you're not physically in person.
3: And I think too. I think if you're ha- if you're doing something that people are really like suddenly getting into, con games have to run at a certain pace. You know, regardless whether it's three or four hours, you got to the clip mm-hmm. has got to be there. But yet at the same time, it's like I don't want to kill their complete fun, and so you start having to strip things out of the adventure so you yes. can get to that end encounter and make it worthwhile, make that payoff. Um, yeah, that's the other thing yeah. for
0: people that run. Either pre-written adventures or adventures they've written themselves. I find that either they're set for two hours or four hours. Mm-hmm. No one writes an adventure for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I've nice. yet, I yet to a see bunch one of stuff out of my game.
4: With the games that I have stock ready to run, what I actually have is I have a couple of scenes I know. Okay, if I'm running overtime, I can just cut this. It'll help the plot along, but it's not entirely necessary.
0: With a four-hour slot, I shoot for three and a half hours. Hmm. I want to give people time to be able to wander around, look at the hall and things like that, you know, at a physical con. And I didn't do that for this. I didn't aim for ending early. But at this point, I'm decent at being able to change my pacing and adjust it. Because at one of the early Fear the Cons, I screwed up. I had a game that was a four-hour slot that ended in two hours. And I have felt so <laughs> bad about that, that it's a skill I've had to really work on myself to develop as being able to adjust my pacing. And for the record, it was Adam's fault that that game went two hours. Well, of but- course it was Adam's fault. It's always The
3: fault. other players at the table still lament that fact to this day, and it has literally ruined their lives. So waiting, to go, Wayne.
2: I know for a fact it has absolutely ruined Adam's life. Mm-hmm shame on you
3: he was talking he was talking before and I, I could hear the sadness in his voice
2: he is a broken man he is and it's all your
0: fault Wayne. he's an empty shell chad actually complained <laughs> about that game once but he thought it was adam that was running it and i let him keep oh, believing oh, that no.
2: <laughs> that's fantastic
0: <laughs> yeah he remembered it wrong and he thought it was adam that ran it and uh
2: so either way it's adam's fault which yeah. Is really fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I think that is something we did not take into account when we were looking at it, the amount of time it takes to deal with technical difficulties, to deal with installing applications. If someone's running an online con, that's one of the biggest piece of advice I can give them is don't do three hour slots. You do need some of that tech time in there. And some games, a lot of games went over. Uh, I know one game ended up running five hours
2: holy crap whoops
0: wow the players all didn't have anything in the next slot so and they wow. wanted to keep going but yeah and i it, got to
2: a point where i had to kind of truncate it cuz we we're running up against time and i'm like well all right here's what happened
0: mhm the first
4: game i ran actually Ended at exactly three hours, and all of them commented, "Thank you for actually ending at the exact three hour mark."
1: <laughs> if I can channel Chad here for a little bit, I want to say I have the oh. exact opposite opinion of all of you, and I love my three hour slots. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the reasons being is that one, the con as designed, not that we can't change it to four hour slots in the future, especially if that's what everyone uh, it prefers, but uh, there was an hour gap between the slots, which meant every slot could actually go to a four hour slot. If you ate into that gap and in the games, I experienced some of the games were shorter and we ended at that three hour mark and everyone was like, yep, we're good. Thanks. That was fun. That was great. But then other times we didn't hit the three hour mark and all the GM and say was like, do you guys want to keep playing this? And everyone was either like, yes or no. They're like, no, I'm, I'm done. I wasn't really having that much fun. And then they got to leave or everyone was like, yeah, no, we're loving this. Let's keep going. And then no one cares that they bled into the buffer zone, as it were.
0: Yeah. So one thing I noticed, and we—I mentioned we'd come back to communication. There were some things that we tried to communicate out that just—I don't know how the message didn't get out there, but suddenly it didn't. It didn't and, register. Yeah, and one of the ones that we ran into, even for the people that it did register, time zones.
2: Yeah. 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 This is
0: what even outside of the cod, I've had this issue with Chris. I remember one of our first East Texas University games. You showed up at like an almost an hour late because the time zone difference. Yep. Yep. And time zones are really difficult. I don't know a good way to deal with that because. Write your congressman and get rid of them. There you go. You can't get rid of time zones. You can get rid of daylight savings time. Definitely
2: write your congressman and get rid of that. It's bullshit. (laughs)
0: Well, and then you get into the really confusing things when it comes to that. I've worked with people that are in Arizona and in Australia. For those that don't know, they don't do daylight savings time. So part of the year, there's an hour difference from other parts of the year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're an hour closer at some parts of the year and some that aren't. And con planner, I didn't know until we were looking at it this year because I've never worried about it. When it's a physical con, you know the time zone is in the physical location of the con.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But in this case, you know, users are in different time zones. It doesn't display their time zone for them. And it doesn't say on there what the time zone is. It was written in description, but that's so easy to miss. And I know most people don't read the description pages or the more notes pages. And that was something people just keep asking. But even the people that knew the time zone, they then have to work out that math of when is this for me? Right. Right. Yeah. That's actually something the, on this recording, everyone being remote, I went out two hours ahead of time in the chat and said, okay, recording in two hours. That was entirely a time zone thing (laughs) because I know we have three different time zones being represented on this call right now, at least. I appreciate it. As do I. Yeah. So I don't know the best way to send out communication. I, I have a list of things I would love to see added to con planner specifically for online cons. You know, things that don't matter as much in person, but online matter more. And part of that is adding things like other applications. Mm-hmm. We ask people to put it either in the description or in the, the details, but it would be great to have that as a drop down and be able to filter through it and say, I prefer playing on Fantasy Grounds. So let's see all the games on Fantasy Grounds. Or I don't want to be on video. So pick all the games that don't require video. Be able to see things like that would be really nice being able to send a message to your players ahead of time.
2: Yes. Yeah. I know that was a big deal for a lot of GMs.
0: Yeah. yeah, And, you know, Zylo made mm-hmm. up for that f- a couple days ahead of time by creating all of these, these chat channels. But some people didn't go out until the day of the con to see those. Right. And you, you kind of don't expect them to, because they don't know that that's out there because there's no way to send that communication out that says, Hey, quick update out to emails. Right. I know one thing that I did. I don't know if
1: anyone saw it at all, though. Uh, for dealing with the time zones, going back to that real quick, was I put a countdown in the announcements that was counting down in real time to the con. Did anyone actually see that? Yep, I saw that. Yes, I did see that. I did not.
3: I did not. But I. But I also I didn't necessarily go look though either. So sorry.
2: Oh no, no, it's fine. It's not fine. Shame on you. Huh. <laughs> well, it's something <laughs> that I could back and whip you.
0: It's something we could potentially put a link out to somewhere of some of those clocks. So I know there's a lot of sites out there where you can go out there, pick a date, pick a time, and start a a countdown clock. And it'll show people in their own time zones and things. Because I set one of those up years ago as a countdown to a New Year's. Because I made a bet with someone and I couldn't make mama jokes about him for a year. (laughs) So I started a countdown to the return of the mama jokes, which was midnight New Year's Eve that night. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's delightful.
1: But then he moved to a different time zone and then suddenly <laughs> you broke your bet. Hey, my bet was for my time zone.
0: It was letting <laughs> everyone else that wasn't in my time zone know when the uh the jokes were going to start coming out. But yeah, time zone was a difficult one. Getting some of this information out to people, being able to tell them ahead of time, hey, I'm using these apps. Here's what you need to connect. Those were all kind of struggles that I know I saw from different people. Was there anything else that you guys saw as a struggle that planning for the con line three, you would want to think about?
2: I don't know that I saw additional struggles, but I want to address the communication piece. Communication is like one of the main things that I do for my job. And a lot of it has to do with special events or programs that are coming up. And essentially it has become painfully obvious to me through the course of my employment that you have to bombard people to the point of them being sick of you before (laughs) information really actually sinks in well yeah being in it
0: there are tools out there that i've worked with that show you how many of your emails actually get read
2: oh yeah Mm -hmm. and
0: that's why a lot of times when you see these campaigns they go multiple places they'll do emails they'll do signs they'll do messages on websites
2: multiple means of communication and you have to use multiple means of communication to the point of exhaustion practically to get people to actually register the information you need them to you need email campaigns
0: you need a discord campaign that's what i feel like we were missing i did facebook we did discord but we didn't have email
2: we did not and that's definitely something i would love to see for next year Hint, hint, Dan.
3: <laughs> yeah, that would make things easy because then it, it's a centralized thread where you can you can share a lot of those things. That was the other thing, too, is, and I know that the video addressed this, but getting people who were not members of the Fear the Boot Discord to join the Fear the Boot Discord. Yeah, um, I didn't. Ex- on there.
0: Outside of that, what I didn't expect, we had people coming in that weren't part of the community.
3: Yeah. Yeah, in fact, a good number of my players for my two events were not.
0: Yeah, and I didn't expect that at all. But it was people who knew people in the community Mm -hmm. were told about the con and sent the links, and they came and joined. And some of them, you know, I know some of them have started listening to the podcast since then, but I didn't expect that. So all of the normal places that I've been communicating out through, like the Facebook groups and Discord Weren't reaching it. They didn't get any of that, mm-hmm. but yeah. they were on Con Planner. If I would have done the email, and there were a few people in their games had that capability. So, for example, Eric reached out to me. I work in IT security. I'm really big about you know not sharing anyone's personal information, and that includes emails. Mm-hmm. But what I was willing to do was I would send the email for him. Yeah. And I know Dale, he was a admin on the con and I showed him how to get the information to send to his players because the email is part of con planner, but unless you are already an admin on the con, you don't have access to that information. And I wasn't going to give that information to anyone. So only those two games had that opportunity to really email their players. And specifically those were fantasy ground games.
4: Uh, like I said, the one game where I contacted the players beforehand, that game went smooth. The other one, I had problems because I didn't contact them beforehand.
0: Yeah, I think that was the biggest one. One of the cool things is we had some Australian people that had reached out and they were hoping for a time slot. So I made them a, we love our Australian time slot that was overnight. Loved that. <laughs> that was
3: great. Yeah, it
0: yeah. was. That's something we couldn't have really done at a physical con.
2: Yeah, Mm-mm. I guess technically you could still run. An online game at a physical con, especially if it's, you know, overnight our time, that would just be really exhausting.
3: That is, you know, that is a good point, though, too. I think it was one of the benefits of this is that the online con did allow for some new people to get exposed, either A, to the community, or B, attend a con, maybe that they've heard about and just have not been able to go. And so this is, you know, this was as close as they were going to get, most likely this year anyway, with any con. So... You know, why
0: not? Why not go and attend and check it out? Because so I got the game with people I've never gamed with before.
4: My only suggestion for a future con would be seminars.
0: You know, before the con, I would have pushed back on that. Specifically because in Fear the Con in the past, we have had people talk about running seminars, panels, and there have been a few of those. And they don't get turnout whatsoever. Because at the physical Fear the Con, it's all about how much gaming you can get in in a short time. Mm -hmm. But like I was talking about earlier, people react differently to an online con. You don't need to fill a game in in every slot. And because of that, I think having those type of seminars and panels, we'd get more people showing up for them at a virtual con than we would in a physical. I would have really pushed back before Fear the Con line, too, because it just they never worked at our con. But I really think they could with online. I still think it'd be really cool if the hosts here ran a game at the con. That people could
1: watch as a actual play. Like Neural Saves Christmas or some fun little one mm-hmm, shot like that.
2: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. That would be cool. Because, I mean, some of us already do streaming games. I know Chris and I are on a streaming game together. Mm-hmm. Outside of the actual plays. Like Chris is on one actual play. And I'm on another that goes on the our actual play feed. Laura, I saw you linking to a stream the other day. So, yeah. are you you're doing a streaming game now as well, right?
2: I, I play in a streaming game. Right. I don't I don't run it, but yeah. We yeah, the well, same out. for
0: me. Chris and I only play in the East Texas when we don't run it. Yeah, Dale, I don't know if you've done any streaming games or not. This is pretty new for me. I mean, I've only been doing it since honestly since right before the pandemic started.
4: I was in a streaming game that ended sometime last year. I was a player in it. It was a little weird. It was a good game. I was new to streaming at the time, so I was a little nervous the entire time.
2: That's fair. I, I really enjoy the game that I play and that we're streaming. It's actually one of my one of my favorite campaigns. We are having a marathon session in a few weeks <laughs> where we're going to be gaming for like 8 or 9 or 10 hours. I don't know. We're starting at like 10 in the morning and gaming till God knows when. It's going to be so much fun. Adam is also in it, so you can see the big bear man.
0: I think if we tried to get the hosts together for a streaming game, we would probably reach out to Eric from Gamer's Table, because what he does, he's not actually in the East Texas University game that Chris and I are in. He produces it. Mm -hmm. And by produce, that, I mean he makes the artwork that he puts over the video, he runs the stream for Twitch, he'll zoom in on players when they're talking versus zooming out, and he is just doing the production in the background and he mm-hmm. seems to really love it the same thing for big 20s on uh, Sundays he isn't actually on there talking on those streams he's in the background moving things around helping with the getting the audio set playing the music things like that and I think if we wanted to do a stream of hosts playing something that would be the first thing I would do is reach out to him and say hey you want to produce this for us yeah right that sounds like super intense <laughs> It is something he really seems to enjoy doing is doing it that way. I think we'll probably link off to the one that Chris and I are playing. Cause I really enjoy that game. Yeah. And I, it's fun. There's been some good feedback on it. I love Chris's character and I love giving to Chris's character.
2: <laughs> I vote that we link to all of the games that were played. It just as a,
3: <laughs> just as a nice little extra plug just action, as a
2: nice little extra plug. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Come watch me be ridiculous. There was talk of an orgy in our last game. It was great. <laughs> no, really, there was.
0: Ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> All right, so let's do a quick, quick kind of around the table. Last thoughts on the con, on your game, anything you'd do differently. Anything else you want to throw out there? So, Dale, let's start with you.
4: Only thing I'd do differently is I think I would have run a third game. Yeah, I had plenty of time during the convention where I could have run at least one more game. Uh, only thing I would have done differently, more games.
0: Laura?
2: I don't know that I would have done anything differently, necessarily. If circumstances had been different, I absolutely would have run another game or two. Probably just one more game. But other than that, I mean, I thought it went really well. I really enjoyed the game that I DM'd as well as the game that I played in. And it was a really positive experience. From my standpoint, I think we could do more communication and and more social stuff. But other than that, I wouldn't change a thing.
3: Chris? Yeah, for me, it probably would have been maybe uh, just a little bit of communication beforehand. That said, it was something that was absolutely I was able to get around and it didn't slow us down significantly. Like the other two, I might have run a, a third game um, and then four hour time slots. But
1: other than that, and Zyla, uh, yeah, communication, definitely one of the biggest things. Also, if you are going to run a uh, Discord, I definitely recommend changing your name so no one knows that you're running it. Um, it's really bit of me in the butt, and I regret it every <laughs> moment of my life.
0: <laughs> yeah, so for me, like I said, I've, uh, I hit on a lot of it, some of the communication. I probably would have started actually, you know, making my character sheets and all before the week before the con, instead of waiting to the last moment. There's a Fear the Boot game notes that came out This Monday that hits a lot on running my first online game and things I thought about and how I should have prepped way ahead of time. But for the game itself, I was actually really happy with it. For the con, communication is a big thing. I think we did a lot of communication, but I've learned a lot from what we did communicate and how we should have communicated. And I think it's one of those things you learn something every time. And I've been part of the planning for 8 to 10 Fear the Cons. Yet, planning for a Fear the Con line, I learned a lot and I learned different things. I think a Fear the Con line three would benefit from everything that we learned from Fear the Con line two. And Fear the Con line two wouldn't have happened if Zylo hadn't created Fear the Con line one. Very true. All right. I think that pretty much wraps us up. So I want to thank Chris, Dale, and Laura getting you all on at the same time. is this has yes, never happened absolutely. before. But it hasn't. So, yeah. Hi, you guys. How are you?
2: Hey. Hey. How's it going?
0: It's going well. Hey. And I really want to thank Zylo for joining us. And uh, Yeah. Thank his, you,
2: Zylo.
0: Very much. As far thank as I know, yourself. his first time on the show. So it, it isn't my first time on the show, and it's also my last.
3: <laughs> <laughs> right. You did just fine. We didn't ask you any really tough questions, especially all the ones that we were threatening to ask you beforehand. So it all worked out just fine. If you're not
0: on the Discord, join the Discord. I was resistant to Discord for a long time, and it has really won me over. It's happening. Yes, join us. And our Discord is very active. It is. It's great. Until next time, see ya.